0: Editing this, the next week's gonna be like, Welcome to the David J. podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you! to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by Us.com. Joining me today is Brent. Hi. TJ. Hi. Chris J. Uh, uh, hello. And my name is David J. That's actually true. That's too much information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Burn you it down. Are, you guys are going to dox me. <laughs> Let's get the magnets out. We need to shred the hard drive. But <laughs> uh, And on today's <laughs> podcast, we're having a treat for y'all. We're talking a uh, talk of fame, potential inductee. And uh, just in time for Christmas, we're talking about the Christmas classic, Home Alone. Home Alone. So Sorry. for people who haven't seen this movie, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll uh <laughs> So,
0: yeah, for those of you, for listeners out there who have never heard of Home Alone... What if this is the it?
2: most seen movie we've done on a topic or anything before. It's gotta be.
0: Most seen? That or that Matrix. Man, Home Alone.
2: It gotta be. Huh? Yeah, yeah, probably. Multiple people watch that movie multiple times a year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's about a boy who gets left home alone by his family <laughs> over Christmas holidays and uh yeah, he has to fight off a uh, home invasion, um overcome his fear of just a nice old man in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh while the family tries to make it make it back home to him. So that's what it's about. It's a comedy for all just... ages. Uh yeah, I nominated it because it's it's a movie that I've seen many times, and for me, uh, for, for all of us, many times means different things, but
2: uh,
0: <laughs> I've probably seen this movie at least ten times, which is a lot of times to have seen a movie, I think, and uh, it's a movie that I've never thought about the elements of. I've just always just sort of put it on and just let it amuse me.
1: Yeah. For us, it was a VHS classic. It was one of the VHS tapes we had. So we watched it a lot from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if we do
0: still find that it's still great, I would like to... It's a movie that I previously would have found hard to articulate why it's great. I enjoyed watching it. Um,
2: I kind of watched it in bits and pieces three or four times this week. Um, so,
0: yeah, we we all attended a Christmas party where it was put on not by us even. Uh, it was just put <laughs> on and, and a few people watched it. So we... A few of us caught a little bit of it there while it being though. So, yeah. The next day, I actually went to a family event where they were watching Home Alone when we got there. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's everywhere around Christmas. <laughs> so let's la- let's go straight into the, the gauntlet. gauntlet. <laughs> Kevin McAllister
1: is well familiar with going through the gauntlet. Uh,
3: yeah, Kevin McAllister is, is like yeah. a modern day right. Matt Damon.
0: He's the maker of the gauntlet. <laughs> this, this movie, obviously, the Great Wall. <laughs> Putting some seeds. Yeah. We'll get there later. <laughs> Alright, is this movie entertaining?
1: I think, undoubtedly, it's entertaining. <laughs> it's its strongest strength. I was about to say, like, that's the thing that's got going for it. <laughs> yep. It's both funny and also visually entertaining. hmm Yeah. very bright, very quick action and some clever stuff. Yeah. Super entertaining.
0: Emotional response to this movie? Happy...
2: I mean, there, there are parts of the movie that I think are emotionally... Yeah. the, the John
0: Candy and Catherine O'Hara in the van is really good, I think. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of the storyline of the the old man and his granddaughter. Yeah. That's, That's what struck so me touching.
1: the most this time is um, him in the church, like, confronting his, you know, stranger danger thing, which I don't know if that was a good thing or not, <laughs> to like, oh, don't be worried about strangers. They're all, they'll save your life. Yeah, especially if you're a little boy. Just go to a church. But what was
2: that?
3: Executive <laughs> produced by Harvey Weinstein? No, <laughs> we've been swindled. <laughs>
1: but uh, old man Marley opening up to Kevin about like his life and the estrangement of his son—I thought it was very touching. It's a good
0: performance by that actor as well mm-hmm. in that scene, particularly. Yeah, I was—I've always so I've always been a big fan of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, even from childhood. Mm-hmm. I never realized it was the same guy. Oh, uh, yeah. That he's the the old man from Home Alone is the mm-hmm. the kind of quiet alien fan guy in uh in close encounters. But yeah, he, he did a really nice job in that scene.
1: I'm watching it now. I you know when uh I watched it when I was a kid, you know, I thought about what would life what would it be like if I was Kevin McAllister. Being older now I think of like what if I was uh you know um Catherine O'Hara? I kinda identify more with the parents now about mm-hmm. like oh that would be so traumatizing.
2: And she is a not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but she's a uh, one of the most underrated actresses in my eyes um around since from then to now I love her and everything she does. I think she's super
0: talented and I think she's great in this movie, yeah, she is really good in this movie.
1: Yeah, she plays the desperation when she's trying to get the tickets from the old couple <clears throat> really well. You know, talking about like the uh, you know the comedy of the Rolex. Do you think it's real? Right. It's like you can have it to the please. You know, just gets like you know cuts through it. It's like I am a desperate mother.
0: All right, moving on to the story, the the plot would. I mean, it's pretty simple. What do you think? Yeah, it's simple. It's it's fun. It's
3: this this is this is like the movie equivalent of a bunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, it is incredibly effective, yeah. but it really doesn't take, like, a... Uh, not complex. <laughs> but, yeah. No. It's Just come up with a reason to get him out of town. Yeah. Why yeah. did he not go on the vacation with him? Because they threw his ticket away when he spilled the milk. And that's how they counted how many people they had. I wrote down. So now he's like, home alone.
1: What did it take to get to that part? It's like, why did they spill the milk on it? <clears throat> because Buzz... Or because he was angry at Buzz for eating his pizza. Why did Buzz eat his pizza? Piss off Kevin. Piss off Kevin. <laughs> and in addition, you have uh Mitch Murphy, the neighborhood kid. Yep. Just a nosy little kid. Yeah. Gets uh, you rooting around in the luggage and gets head counted. He's,
0: he's, he's, he's great in that scene. But, but man, a ass kid. So it's so many. Like, this
1: man have four wheel drive?
0: There's <laughs> a bunch of everyone loves that out. kid.
1: In addition <laughs> to that. You have the the whole, like, the rushing through the tickets and the headcount because of a storm that knocks a tree onto the power line that cuts the power so the alarms don't go off. Yep. And there's so many things that have to happen for them to leave Kevin alone. Yep. So many things in motion.
0: Yeah. It's a very convoluted uh, circumstance.
1: Yeah. To have fun with this one, because I've just seen it so many times, I tried to see it as, like other different kinds of movies. I think you can watch it as a coming-of-age movie where Kevin kind of grows up. I think it's intended to be that way. Yeah, where he kind of, you know, it's not a kid like, you know, I hate you guys, I wish you guys were gone forever, and then realizes that he wants to be part of his family. Other thing I was trying to read it as is, like, could I read this as a Western? Where a gunfighter comes to town, and in so many Westerns you have, the bandits are on the way, and you got to prepare. Like, it's spoofed in, like... Uh, yeah, like a Magnificent
2: Seven kind of... Yeah, Magnificent Three Seven. Three Amigos. Three Amigos, yeah. where they
1: kind of set up all the things, like, have things set up where they can, you know... Yeah. Less skilled than the bandits, but... Three Amigos <laughs> is great, because it's it's you
0: have this town of inexperienced people mm-hmm. trying to basically set up to make themselves seem more menacing. So it's some sleight of hand and whatnot, and some... some Tricks used, and Kevin it's at that 7 does that. too. But it's really, really oh, because right, right, right. Spooky Seven. Right. Yeah, right.
1: <clears throat> so that didn't fit that well, though. That's <laughs> right. Well, it's just he is the townspeople,
0: though, in yeah. that case, and so he just doesn't have anyone to guide him except one old movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Learns that that scares people.
1: The other thing is something that uh, I wish we thought about. Maybe we did, and it's a wonderful, wonderful life. Is, I think it's very influenced by that. It's like you know the "What if I was never around?" It's like the seeing the "What if my family was never there?" Or like I don't want my family around anymore. It gets his wish. It's a holiday trope, and then he sees it yeah. developed from
2: its order. For, it happens in Elf. Yeah. like the sleigh doesn't get fixed right because Buddy leaves, and he's the only one who can
0: fix the sleigh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a holiday thing. Yeah, and the. I mean, it, Kevin is the only character who had, goes through any real development in the movie, but I, I could argue the mom does a little bit I'm just talking I, to John Candy. I could can see that, yeah. But uh, Kevin goes from And the, the old man. Old man Marley definitely does. Yep. Yeah. Oh sure, sure, yeah. But uh, Kevin goes from being scared to pack his suitcase at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Like that's the thing that like yeah. stresses him out most in the world is pack my suitcase. And the big fictional big bad of the furnace. He gives <clears throat> over that fear. Right. And well. Because. Jesus, shut up. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's presented with actual like. Bad things. Yeah. Actual problems. It is jarring at
2: the end when he's like I'm going to eat your fingers one at a time. It's like holy shit. This movie got violent quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I love that like the credit he gets for his coming of age thing maturing is like Oh, I bought milk and eggs and I did the laundry. Yeah. Everyone's like, What? Yeah. It's like just wait till five minutes when he said, Oh, then there's a home invasion. Yeah. I wonder if they're just like, Oh, that's that's cool, but the laundry I like
2: the father of this kid too. He's like, I brought fabric and the father's just like, Oh, weird little guy Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your son? <laughs> you just now figured out <laughs> Well, when you have that many kids roaming around the house. Yeah. That's another thing that I thought was always interesting is Fuller is obviously a cousin. 'Cause he's sleeping in a pull out bed upstairs. The Buzz is obviously his brother. But after that, I have no idea who his family is. Like immediate family, The cousins. Brunette,
0: the pretty old like the oldest one of that generation is like the pretty Brunette girl. She's also clearly a cousin because yes. she says, My parents live in Paris. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The one who's in charge. That, yes. that girl. Yeah. The um, one who's like eighteen or nineteen. She's, right. she's yeah.
2: Randy and E R. Okay. She's, yeah, and other stuff. Yep, cool. But other than that, like, it's hard to know who's a cousin and who's a sibling. I have no idea. They Uh, run through
1: it real quick at the beginning. Yeah. When both the cop and the police, or the, uh, not police, pizza guy, is trying to say, uh, you know, somebody needs to pay for this. Where are their parents? I don't live here. I don't live here. Yeah. Well, then, but then there's also some of the kids who say, like, 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 like,
3: do your parents live here? It's like, well, they're here, but they don't live here. But it's like Big Pete who says it. Mm -hmm. And... Big Pete is one of the kids. We don't have him. He I'm is clear. a McAllister. Well, they show a family photo of the parents and all the and kids. kids. And four and kids. Buzz, and Kevin, and two other people. Buzz, Kevin, and two daughters are in it. But later on, I feel like Big Pete does say that he's McAllister. <laughs> but he
2: looks nothing like any of the other children. Yeah. Like the archetypical redheaded stepchild. And he would still be a McAllister if his parents live in Paris because... His brother pays for them to go. Yeah. Kevin's dad's brother pays for them to go to Paris.
0: Anyway, gauntlet. <laughs> uh, is there a specific scene in Home Alone that always stands out as like a is memorable, or is it just the extended gauntlet that he puts them through? I mean, I think the the scream is. This
2: is oh, the, the, is, uh, uh, the most uh, iconic. It's the, on cover. The
0: two forgot, of them. I yeah. forgot he did it twice. I did it too. Twice. like one of, I missed the scene the other night at the party when somebody was talking about it and they said, Oh, he does it again. I was like, He doesn't do it again. You imagine <laughs> that the first time. But he does it twice. Yeah. It's so unnecessary and to do it. And this movie twice. takes a span over the course of just two or three days. <laughs> two
2: days. They get to Paris, they're there one night, and they fly back.
1: And so he shaves tw- two different times and yeah. is shocked both times? <laughs> Imagine how much apprehensive the second time you shave. Also, shaves. like, aftershave
2: doesn't hurt unless you actually are shaving. Yeah.
1: You gotta yeah. cut yourself.
2: Right. <laughs> you to open up holes there. Yeah. It was weird. That's weird. Is that yeah. the
3: first plot hole in this Rube Goldberg machine of the movie? <laughs> they do a, a fair
2: job covering the plot holes. Yeah. Other than the, why are Harry and Marv not dead? Yeah. And, <laughs> and we'll just, why haven't they just quit? Yeah. <clears throat> and why don't they move their head when it gets torched
0: with flames? <laughs> You yeah, sp- I, counted, there. I counted, he um. blinks three times while <laughs> fire is on his head. They do seem obsessed with getting into this, like, house of horrors. and Just because they assume there'll be some jewelry in there. It's,
3: it's interesting to me, like, a modern movie would have made their, like, would have focused on something. A MacGuffin. Yeah, would have been like, yeah. there is a... Priceless, whatever that they have upstairs, or like she's like a museum curator and she has to take care of it for the weekend or something. But this, like, they just want in. (laughs) It's just God knows why.
0: Like, also when they're in the other houses, and uh, uh, so I had the names wrong the other night. Marv, which is Daniel Stern, Uh, Marv has the crowbar. And it's just like Breakage. breaking half the shit he's stealing. He's yeah. just got a bag open and he's just like... With a snorkel on his head? Yes. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it is funny. And it's also... But if you think too hard about like... How are they going to make money off this? Like they're going to be sorting through so much broken glass out of their bags. That's the thing though. Movies for kids. And like they don't care.
1: No. Just,
2: this is what bad guys do. Right.
1: Yeah. And what an asshole to leave the water running. <laughs> yeah, that is a really Plug up move. everything. It's like, okay, like, if your house is insured, there's some level of replacement you can do. But it's like, then you got water damage on, like, hardwoods and stuff. <laughs> and that's, like, structural things. That's a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah.
1: Not, not <laughs> nice guy. The that's best, like the, the, the homeowner thing that I'm just, like, appalled by afterwards. <laughs>
3: Although the thing that I immediately thought of was, like, but
2: maybe if they didn't have their heat on, it would stop their pipes from bursting. hmm well, I <laughs> thought of like uh, thanks for leaving the water running everywhere. Now we know all the homes yet. It's like ah, I don't feel like that would
0: hold up in a court of law. All right, moving on to the performances. What do you think of the performances? Obviously, like Catherine O'Hara in the movie. I think Michael Hogan's fantastic. I think he's actor. really good. He's amazing. I think he's yeah, he's really good. It's so hard for a kid to carry a comedy because I've seen so many bad ones. We had a friend the other day
2: asking a friend who um, obviously doesn't watch a ton of movie or meaning at all. Asking, like, could you just plug any kid into this? And it's like, dude, no. they make tried. some shit movies with dead actors. I mean, they tried
0: for years after yeah, that. for to, Home Alone <laughs> 3. Right, Home Alone <laughs> through 3. I think about, like, starring Scarlett uh, Johansson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> blank Check is a movie that comes to All mind. those movies,
2: man. Just, mm. Those movies through... And even the bad Macaulay Culkin ones that came out after that are still watchable. Those movies are watchable. Like, Richie, like, Rich. Richie Rich is watchable as a kid. And, and I never like Blank Check. The kid was annoying shit. yeah. Jingle all the way,
1: and, like, Jake Lloyd in that movie. Better than Phantom Menace, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, Macaulay Culkin handles the comedy, he's got charisma, and he handles, like, you can, you really feel the danger he feels himself in, or the fear of, like, the boiler, it's like the the neighbor, the being out and trying, and being found out by, like, a cashier or something, like, having your story together. It's the little
2: stuff. It's not the, like, yeah, like... Look at Jermaine's. the camera and say this right. and
0: do your eyebrows funny. I was about to say, he does a lot of eyebrow acting in the movie. A lot of... but The most important type of acting. <laughs> eyebrow acting. It's overall acting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, yeah. his performance is good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Inside jokes. As far as... <laughs> they work well on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. As far as other actors, I mean, it'd be tough to say a lot of the actors are big enough to really have a Canon to go through besides.
0: I think the smaller the part, the uh, the better the performance in the movie. It's definitely like a Uncle name. Uncle Frank. Uh, yeah. is is great as just as just being the jerk in the family.
2: Yeah, I do think it's it's weird, right? Because Daniel Stern, I mean, it's a name that's pretty well known,
0: and it's definitely his biggest role,
1: right? The fuck else would it be? City isn't he in City Slickers?
0: Yes. Yeah? Yeah. He's one of the main three. He has my favorite line in City Slickers. If hate were people, I'd be China. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's the thing that's most iconic for me for Daniel Stern. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of Joe Pesci, I mean, like, he's like, it's Goodfellas for me. Yeah. It's like yeah. Towering. Yeah. Also, or My
0: Cousin Vinny. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we also, oh yeah, My Cousin Vinny. I was about to say this is by far his greatest comedy, but... He's is also my cousin. Vinny is also really great too. Yeah. So,
2: and this starts to bring in where I'm struggling with how I'm going to vote for this because my cousin Vinny is like better comedy for Joe Pesci and a way better movie that I'm not sure I would put in. Although, like immediately, I don't know what I would how I would vote on it. But uh, it's hard with this just because this movie carries
0: that iconic measure. It's oh, we're, so hard to. You know what I mean? Oh, we're sort of jumping into like the where it stands in there. In there, it's it's hard. Okay. You. Um. Yeah. What about uh Chris Columbus? I don't really know what else he did. I'm looking at that now. I've oh, I I, I looked
1: visual style for and he set it in place for the series of the Harry Potter movies. I know the first one and two aren't the best, but he created the world yeah. for Harry Potter.
3: J.K. Rowling did that. Visual visually. Oh, I oh.
0: Yeah, I don't know he didn't like those. <laughs>
2: Uh, also written about John Hughes, which is that, yeah, That's a big weird. That's a big yeah.
3: uh, big help. Um, so, Chris Columbus for director. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting, Heartbreak Hotel, Home Alone, Only the Lonely, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, Mrs. Doubtfire, Oof, Nine Months, Stepmom, Bicentennial Man, Sorcerer Stone and Chamber of Secrets, Rent, I Love You, Beth Cooper, Percy Jackson, The Olympians, Pixels. Oof. And uh, there's a couple more that he's attached to but are not out yet. Um, I think that uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is a strong competitor to Home Alone for his resume. It's, it's really it's yeah.
1: Yeah. family-based comedy. Yeah.
0: Um... And nine months is also really good, but not I like Santa, like it, yeah. It didn't make that sense. Tops. Right. It did make sense that he did the Only the Lonely now because I, I was looking in on IMDb at like all the actors and actresses in Home Alone and they're like just to see what else they were in. And the girl who plays the, the elf at the Santa Kevin goes to see. She is in a total of three movies. She's in Home Alone and then she plays a stewardess in Only the Lonely and a Stewardess in Home Alone Two Lost in New York. <laughs> So that's it huh. the Santa winds up being in several movies he's in uh, Armageddon he's one of the he's the big guy on the oil oh yeah, yeah. oh right. uh, yeah yeah hmm. and he's in something else I recognize. yeah he's, too. he's, he's in face you recognize yeah. um,
1: definitely a bad guy yeah
0: yeah uh, I don't think the technical achievements really stand out to me. Other than the score, if you include that, because score is fantastic. John the Williams' soundtrack score is amazing, is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With my
3: watch list of last week, it was a John Williams week for me. Yeah, <laughs> just Star Wars uh, right. and Home Alone. Sometimes
2: you do that, not even on purpose, though.
1: You make it John Williams week. It's so prolific, and it's such a great uh, holiday score too. Yeah, it's like the very first sounds you hear are like bells. Yeah, and like choirs. <laughs>
3: There's, there's something about a John Williams score that when you hear it sounds like a John Williams score. Yeah. Mm. And I wonder... Well, you're, I'm going to match your excitement with a question. uh Is that necessarily a good thing anymore? Like, I know that, like, when John Williams was at, like, his peak, and not that he's not still at it now, but you, it would have to be called a fucking plateau at this point. Um, but to be so iconically a John Williams score, like, is that uh, necessarily a good thing that you can just, like... Pick it out after like Maybe a 10 second clip And not even like The iconic parts of it It's a good question like, I, do,
2: you, I do think it's a good thing Because I, I do think good. I do think movie scores Have a Sound they go for Yeah um, Agreed And I do think that The one that separates The score that he's Out of his most famous Pieces that he's written The one that Maybe most memorable Sounds nothing like The ones he's done for movies Oh John Well the Olympic thing Oh right Sounds nothing like Anything he does for a movie Because it doesn't It shouldn't Right it's something else um and it you know, that that music is super memorable, super iconic, and also doesn't really sound like anything he's done for, for movies. True. So also, I, I feel like he does it on purpose, maybe? And yeah, you bring up Jaws that is like transcendent. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Same
1: with Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know, it's you know, how do you view a score should work in a movie? Should right. it blend. Should in? it have personality, yeah. separate should accentuate like the atmosphere you're doing or reveal character, or should it be like front and center, which John Williams tends to be. Like Ennio Morricone, like the whistling themes of his westerns are like right in your face. They're great, but they're definitely a little jarring sometimes that way. Whereas like an Alexander
3: Desplat uh, score is very understated, but also just as important. Yeah, Not really like a key character, but...
1: Our Coen brothers, like their work with Carter Burwell and stuff, I just heard it in Fargo. It's like instantly like go back to it, but it's not like bombastic or anything. Yeah.
0: Right. I'll also say for, uh, set design in Home Alone, like the, I mean, not the actual buildings or, or rooms because it's just like a, a nice house is all it is. Yeah. But, I've, I've found it, even when I was a kid, I noticed how like authentic it seemed for some of the kids' rooms that he went in. Like, Buzz's room seemed so realistic to me, with like all the shit that was on the shelves. Yeah, like I had some of the, the same toys. It's real
1: like it feels a lived-in house. Yes, for you know you're spending your entire time in this house. It feels like a realistic house. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. so I like that. And she's obviously like it helps too that, that explain the money a little bit. She's obviously in some kind of fashion job. She's got forms and mannequins
3: everywhere. A bunch of
1: mannequins that are yeah. come in handy. Right. And That would uh, terrify me more than the boiler. It's yeah. like, this is the one shot out of the box where, like, the head's poking <laughs> out. Like, Jesus.
3: And we were watching it with your partner, TJ, at the party, and she was like, she's got on, like, a $2,100 coat right now. Yeah, mm. she kept bringing it up. Like, um, yeah. Catherine O'Hara's clothes are all very
2: nice designer clothes. Yeah, my girlfriend's like a historic costume. Major and, and yeah, she would like pause it randomly and be like, he, They keep dressing him in Burberry. Yeah,
3: like, well. yeah, she made us rewind during Home Alone 2, which we put on immediately after Home Alone. Yeah, it's
2: like, wait, 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 go back. I think he's wearing Burberry pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a blurry
0: shot 12 feet away. She's like,
2: Yep, <laughs> all right.
0: Um, was the film financially successful? Well, that answer is yes. Uh, was it the number one that year? I think, I think so, to... yes. Wasn't it a
1: runaway smash?
0: Yeah. Um, had a budget of $18 million and a box office final take of $476 million. Jeez. That's um, pretty good. It's alright. It's got some records, right? Like, of inflation. Like, Christmas movie or comedy or PG. It's the highest-grossing Christmas movie all time in North America. Okay. When adjusted for inflation. Because probably, I don't know. I don't know. Christmas Prince. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colkin was nominated for a Golden Globe Yeah For the movie I did not know that It doesn't stun me But I didn't know that I'm, I'm still on my hashtag Fuck the Globes movement Yeah Fuck the Globes
1: um, It was a fun nomination though
0: Yeah Yeah
2: Any Oscar noms Did John Williams get nominated?
0: Two Oscar nominations One for uh, Yeah they're both for John Williams Song and score Okay The The song got nominated Yeah
1: Yeah um, you know, it felt like that was like a old standard song. It does I think feel when I watched it as a kid. I thought it was like it's probably from the 40s or something. Right? It's just like a classic.
0: It's like our stripes talk the the army song. Yeah, <clears throat> but apparently there's there's lyrics to that song. Yeah, there are that. No, I think, I think it
1: would probably be like a a holiday <laughs> classic you'd hear like every year. I mean, I think you still hear it on playlists and stuff. Yeah. If there was more discern less like angelically vocalized you know, choir vocals. Right. What are the lyrics? You don't have to sing them
3: I
0: try to hear them. I I don't know. Oh.
1: You could buy my vote if you sing them.
0: Sorry, I just moved on because I just now found out there's a fifth Home Alone movie. It's not called Home Alone, it's called The Holiday Heist and it came out in 2012 on ABC Family starring Christian Martin and sticking with the old uh, Face slapping <laughs> for the for the poster, yeah, that's just disappointing. Um, okay, back to the gauntlet. What do you think made it so successful at the time? Like, like commercially successful. good question. I mean, why, why does this work and and other attempts to make movies like this? If you think
1: of a talk? movie like this, it's like a zany kids movie about a family. It's like, it's got to have a, uh, I feel like it's got to be a word of mouth success. Because it's not like a huge property beforehand. It's not like a culturally significant book being adapted or something like that. So, maybe it's just like the simplicity of it. It's easy to tell someone what it's about.
0: That's true. It is a very simple movie. Yeah. And it's relatable. Which makes it a throwback to sort of old screwball comedies and whatnot. Yeah.
3: But it is a John Hughes script. Sure. Coming out of the '80s, after it was like the
0: decade of John Hughes, mm-hmm. that's got to help the popularity of the movie. Also, the just the zeitgeist of uh, Macaulay Culkin at the time—just he was just so. Yeah, I can definitely see parents being like, "You gotta see other kid's crazy." That's fantastic. That image was everywhere at the time. It was bigger than like now. I feel like people respect the whole movie more, but in that moment when I was six or seven years old when that movie came out, I just feel like you saw
1: the ah on everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an instant charades winner too. Yeah. You pull up and we go, Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean it's, I think it's word of mouth and like easy to describe and easy to get the film from like that image. Mm-hmm. You see it on TV or you see a print thing like that. It's like, oh, that looks interesting. And that would be my guess. Honestly, like it's a little mystifying to me how it's like Almost half a billion dollars in 1990.
0: Yeah, that is that is nuts. Um,
1: how how many dollars per hijink is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, uh, yeah, it's actually. Uh, do you know what its Rotten Tomato score is? Sixty two percent. I believe it.
2: I was gonna guess in the low seventies, but
0: yeah, it was. Uh, not disliked by critics, but certainly not well-liked when it came out. So it's a, a movie that sort of grew on audiences. Or maybe just the public won that battle, yeah. more
2: or less. It definitely ages well, too, when you mm-hmm. watch it in hindsight with nostalgia.
1: helps. Yeah. I could see it could be easily overlooked at the time that, oh, it's a kid's movie, and there's some zany pranks and stuff that happens, but I think there's a heart below that. that yes. Yeah. If there wasn't, people wouldn't go back to it, you know?
0: Yeah. True. How do you think Home Alone influenced movies that came after it? Uh, I, I think we covered a little bit of it earlier, which was... There were a lot of movies in the 90s of, about, like... Kids acting like a grown-up. Yep. Yeah. Little Big League. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Dun, you know, um, Blank Check is like, you know, kid with grown-up money.
3: Yeah.
1: Little Big League, yeah. kid. Kid's a manager. Kid's a pitcher. Yeah. Kind of the, you know, easy elevator pitch of you should see this movie it's you can describe it in 10 like, seconds it's like Home Alone but baseball right <laughs> it's like a, the after Die Hard it's like Die Hard but on a ship or Die Hard but you know somewhere else I
0: wonder if Rookie of the Year if they did pitch it as, Die Hard, or as Home Alone <laughs> but with baseball because they're like we'll even get Daniel Stern to be the <laughs> yeah. crazy pitching coach yeah, also, it also launched the Joe Pesci comedy movement of the late 90s of... Uh,
1: Which gave us eight heads and a
0: duffel bag. Eight heads <laughs> and a duffel bag, so... We're gonna, so we're saying we're, this has a bad legacy? It yeah. sounds <laughs> like that's what we're saying. This is
1: before My, uh, my Cousin Vinny, and that, I think that's a that's a great movie. Uh, yeah. Before this, I, don't, I can't remember any comedy he'd been in. I'm not big up on his entire filmography, though. This
0: came out the same year as Goodfellas. That's <laughs> a good year. He was doing this, and... That's why he couldn't stop cussing on screen.
1: Reckon, Yeah. Frickin, Apparently that like something. made
2: huge huge issues because Macaulay Culkin could only film till ten at night because mm. of his age. So they only had like a few hours every day to film every night. And it was like most of the damn movie takes place at night. Right. Mm-hmm. So Pesci would come in and like, go, You gotta stop cussing, we only have four hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop ruining all these takes. She's like, Come over here, you little shit. <laughs> Can't say that movie. <laughs> uh
0: do you still feel like it influences movies today? I mean, I think it influenced cinema forever. Just the whole child actor thing.
2: I mean, I'm trying to think of a movie before that that had like a sole lead that was a kid that young who was that good. Yeah, you had you had ensemble kids,
3: child actor movies. I mean, the 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 Brat Pack from
0: you know the '80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean they were they were in their twenties when they filmed up. He shit. sets yeah. he sort of sets the template for like the precocious child, but the precocious child that you you root for. It sounds like you something the, you would name a prophecy. <laughs> the precocious child. We have found who <laughs> the precocious, precocious
1: child well, has, well, what's a movie after it? Like maybe
3: the last in the last couple
1: years. Of years that has that model. Yeah. See, I
3: think the, the kids' movies... Like a, like char- a
1: ten-year-old or something. Child-actor I mean, movies I'm... have
3: gone back to the ensemble cast.
1: <laughs> like it. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, yeah. It's, or at least more... like I'm thinking like new properties. Oh, uh, new properties. Even if they're like, like new adaptations. Like Stranger or Things. Like, yeah, like Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Has adapted more of the Goonies right. take, which was written by Chris Columbus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Um, I I really think that you could draw a very, very crooked line to,
2: like, movies and other genres that have child leads. I just don't think it happened much before Home Alone. Um, I mean, movies like Pan's Labyrinth, even, just because Tilt Door was there. I mean, that movie is driven by that child. Yeah. That child alone, you know? Um,
1: hmm. I guess Home Alone would be the most successful. I think you could probably draw a line with a movie like Labyrinth to Pan's Labyrinth. Wow. So that was an easy <laughs> connection. But like Jennifer also Connelly Pan. is like 14, 15 years old and is in this fantastical environment. Yeah, I think there's a big I, I don't know. For me, I think
2: there's a big jump from the age of Macaulay Culkin and the, the little girl from Pads labyrinth to 14, 15. Yeah. Um,
1: you got like I mean, it's definitely the most successful That four or five years The most obviously like he's a comedy lead but like just you know, thinking Oscar nerd you got like Tatum O'Neill and Paper Moon you have like in the 30s Jackie Cooper is in F- Skippy or some shit <laughs> <laughs> what are
3: you even talking I like about I yeah but I don't is, think they drive those movies like
1: this movie is nothing without the kid oh I think Paper
0: Moon is driven by her uh, Tatum O'Neill I, I do think. Same with Skippy. I
1: do. Well, yeah. No, he's, you he's, he's the youngest lead actor. You, you
0: don't get to talk about <laughs> Skippy.
3: Nobody knows
1: what that is. So I I said, looked you young, don't even know what that is. <laughs> I looked it up, and when I was doing my 2008, and then there were 10, yeah. so I'm looking for any comic book adaptation that was directed that was nominated for Best Picture, and it was Skippy, which was like a newspaper cartoon that <laughs> they turned into a movie.
3: I was thinking about uh, more of a cult favorite, but never-ending Story. It's definitely a. A solo child performance that is carried by them. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a... Pre-dates a little bit.
1: I'm yeah. trying to think of another comedy, though. Yeah. That, that's the tough part.
3: Dennis the Menace, the television
1: show? Dennis the Menace, the movie, but that's after Home Alone.
3: But the Black and White television
2: show was definitely pre- Sure. Yeah. E.T.? Yeah. Not really a comedy, but... Has, well, it's, it's a horror movie
0: yeah well, I mean maybe there's not maybe, maybe Home Alone's effect has sort of dried up today
1: well maybe it goes to the degree of difficulty well I mean
2: I right. think it changes I don't think the only way for a movie to influence movies is for movies to be exactly like it to still be made that's yeah. my point with Pan's Labyrinth and everything Like, yeah. I don't remember a lot of movies where the lead was a kid that was under the age of like eleven. The
3: point is more that it's it's proof positive that you can put a child actor in the lead and the movie be successful, mm-hmm. be good and successful. Yeah, yeah. be good and successful.
0: An un, an unknown kid can drive a big budget movie, or, or, or not not a not a big budget movie, but a a movie but that good takes movie, yeah. A, yeah. that rakes in at the box office. Yeah. Part of what it helps it with the token
1: performance is that it is so hard to get that kid.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Hughes delivered him pretty much. So that story is... Uncle Buck, right? Yeah, well, uh, Hughes had hired Columbus to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Mm -hmm. Chevy Chase hated Chris Columbus. Mm -hmm. So Hughes was like, sorry, name wins out. But here's a script I wrote if you want to start working on this. And then he was like, hey, I'm starting to make this movie. I'm going to start casting soon. He was like, don't cast. Use this kid. He's brilliant. From Uncle Buck. Mm -hmm.
0: John Hughes movie. And then he said he still casted like 200 people and found no one close to Mm -hmm. Macaulay Culkin. I mean, I do wonder how much Home Alone matters in the... I do wonder if we would still see Culkin's in movies today, like, without. It would be harder for them to get roles, I it's, think. It's, so I was thinking about it, like, and this is
3: artificially uh, inflated because we record them all in one day, but I was thinking a couple of podcasts ago, um, while we were talking about something entirely different, about Elizabeth Olsen. And how like successful she has become? And does Elizabeth Olsen get a shot if Mary Kate and Ashley aren't the phenomenon that they are? And do Mary Kate actually get a shot without Macaulay Culkin? Right. Oh yeah. But like, I mean, you know, Kieran and Rory Culkin. Like, do they get to act? If
0: right, maybe. And not. it's and it's we're not yes, saying maybe. that they're we're not saying they're riding coattails or that Elizabeth no. Olsen doesn't deserve. She's more talented than <laughs> her, her sisters. You get an bar, opportunity
1: yeah. over random person. Sure.
0: But it's just a door is more open to you. I Michael mean, yeah, Culkin's been great
2: as adult. I mean like he's fantastic and saved.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's I love that movie. He's, yeah.
3: He's really good in a uh, party monster. Hmm. Um, that being said,
0: Kieran Culkin is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Kieran's still he's in is he in Columbus? Is he the one that's in I think
1: that's Rory. Rory. Okay. Yeah, Rory
0: Culkin's in Columbus. And Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic in and- Tons of movies. She's yeah, great. Yeah, really. so I think Wind River. maybe that's. Wind River. I mean, that might be one of Homeland's biggest influences on on cinema introduced today.
1: Introduced us to the Culkin. It's The just, Culkin's and the Olsen's,
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> Culkin's and the Olsen's. Um, is it one of the best movies in its genre? Yeah, let's define genre okay, yeah, as Christmas a genre. movie. Yeah, because I think it's in. I don't know I if it's certainly in the top ten, probably the top five.
3: It's Not in almost my personal top three, but I would understand if it was in someone's top. It's on the playlist Christmas of yeah.
1: Christmas movie. You know, it's Christmas. You want to watch a movie? I think it's on there with "It's a Wonderful
0: Life." It's like that Mariah Carey song. You just, it just gets. You're gonna run into it at Christmas. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also feel year. like if you widen it to just comedy, it's probably like a top, you know, few hundred comedy movies. Yeah, which is saying something for a genre that.
1: And if you narrow that down to family comedy. Or then is like, it
2: ratchets, mm-hmm. ratchets or like way.
1: Comic, up. you know, keep slicing it like comical heist movie.
3: Kid comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Just find a way to get it to be the best movie in
2: its
1: genre. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best McCullough Gogan Christmas heist movie of all time.
0: Do you think the movie yes, sure. Do you think the movie has aged well? I I think it I think it has. I don't think the comedy in it feels yeah. extremely dated. Yeah, I don't know. It'll
2: be interesting to see like people ten years from now who were born in the aughts, like adults, watching it. And how just bat shit, like, how how did y'all believe this? Like, how were you able to break the reality? So
0: my first cousin once removed uh-huh. was uh, it's a little five-year-old girl that we was... Moved her again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, she was uh, watching, she knew every word to yeah. Lost in New York, that one. But yeah, when and, you're little, I,
2: I bet, I mean, you don't worry about, you don't know right, how to get on like, planes anyway. In,
1: in another 20 years or so. Yeah, I um, wonder if she'll be
2: like... How was this even made? Like, they just let him on a plane? That's part two. But... Yeah, but, yeah. like,
3: not not even the stuff, like, why did they just text him? But, like, the stuff where it's, like, how did they forget their child at home? Like, how is...
2: Like, the the one plot that's not action-related or, like, death-related with Harry and Marv is the cops just knocking on the door and then bolting for the whole time. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kick down the door. <laughs> Something. Or also that, like...
3: that That's
1: that, a courtesy <laughs> call, and I think they... You know, the scene that leads up to it is that, like, it's the holidays and, like, Chicago PD is, like... Got nothing to do. If you're working, you don't want to be working.
3: Yeah, no, it's just... They try to sell that for you to buy it. Yeah. Right. But also... They try. (laughs) Like, the idea that, that the way that they case houses is he waits for them to go on... Until they're about to go on vacation... And does like a courtesy stop by, like if a cop showed up at your house today, and was like you going out of town soon? Be like, well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Badge <laughs> number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: one thing I think that does hold up, uh, we skipped it because there's not a lot of technical stuff to talk about, but I mean everything is practical. That, I think that yes. always survives versus like CGI hammer yep. coming through. I yeah, mean, it's before that age. But yeah. if this movie was ten years later, you would have CGI flames, a CGI like if it was the year two thousand, a CGI like you know, toy dinosaur you know shoot at at someone's head. Yeah. Or
0: even two years later, you would have Daniel Stern as a skeleton walking around for several <laughs> moments in the. True in the sequel, yeah.
3: yeah. There's also there's also something to be said about how it holds up. Uh, that all of the even like pranks and stunts, it's not like. They're taking, like, some, like, one-of-a-kind toy that's got this super special, like, blaster that can actually, like, burn a hole through something that was recalled. Like, there's none of that. It's, like, he uses marbles, toy cars, right. paint cans on strings. He uses, like, cardboard cutouts. Like,
0: all these things are, like, super available no matter what year you're setting it. It's a really good it point. In. It's a, it's It would have been... Yeah, it would seem way more dated if he was just using, like, the Nerf special gun that came out in 1990. Right. right. Yeah, there's a like crazy a super Italian. soaker
3: with a backpack that he filled with gasoline, like, right. that shit. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I mean, fuck you. Yeah, that, <laughs> it gets intense. Yeah. Um, there's there's none of that, like, uh, like craze chasing that they, like, made a deal to
0: broker in. Uh, and I, so I it helps it. I know we're not getting into Home Alone 2 in this podcast, but... We cannot do that with Matrix and not do it with this. That's... that's Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We no. can't. Yeah, it's way yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh. Because it's not one continuous yeah. story planned at the beginning. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's a finite story that was so successful, so... Right. We yeah. make a sequel.
0: Right. All I was going to say is, though, <laughs> is just that, that, like, they clearly do have a, a toy of the year thing in Home Alone 2. Yeah, was a boy. The yeah. talk boy. But man, that was a great toy. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Like very few like product placements have worked so well in a movie. Never had one.
1: I've never seen it. Home Alone two was that a tape recorder. We that's had cool. a talk you talk can rewind that.
0: yourself. It was like a handheld
3: cassette recorder that had the microphone that was on a gray stick that pointed at you. Hey. Pulled out. Yeah. Nice. That's,
0: had one of those. that's cool. I had one. Nice. Alright, time to vote. Time to vote. Oh yeah, is it the is it the Great Wall?
3: I think this one could be.
1: It's a tower defense movie. Yes. You don't get to talk about the Great Wall, Dan.
3: Yeah. You watch the Great Wall, then we'll talk about what, the, what is and is not the Great Wall. All right. Uh, yeah. I'll just pass. Yeah, he's defending his home from attackers, from foreign attackers. This is this one's way easier. Even like swings. Yep. <laughs> he swings around. There's 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 acrobatics. There's traps they put in place. It's uh, this one's a slam dunk. This movie is the Great Wall. There you have it.
0: It is the Great so Wall. More like the Great Wall than the Great Wall. Does it belong in the? Zitaka thing. Zitoku Zetoku. Oh, hang on. I have some.
3: I feel I like we were very, we were very gentle with this discussion. I
0: mean, I'm
2: up for for bad parts about the movie. There just aren't many.
1: I don't think. I think yeah. there are. I think there are bad parts. There are parts that obviously don't have much care put into them. I think there's a lot of the stuff where Kevin's not on screen that is just basically carried by charismatic performers, rather than you know really thinking about it.
0: I, I really like the occasional, though, like the, I love the John old Candy, couple, Catherine, the old couple in the airport. I love them when they're good. I love that one guy's just his single line of uh, earrings. he has got a whole shoebox full of them, dangly ones. <laughs> <laughs> just love little moments like that. I don't have a pen.
1: I think John Candy is completely. <laughs> Extraneous. Who? John Candy. The John oh, Candy part. I love that.
0: I think you could cut it. Oh no, that's the that's what movies just changes Catherine O'Hara for being a. To me, that's where the actual comedy of the movie comes in. Is is or some of those scenes where it's like uh, when he's like, "Oh, you may remember our hits, polka, polka, polka. Yeah,
1: polka, polka, <laughs> <and it gets laughs> me polka. Yeah, the different me. Yeah, Sheboygan polka." <laughs> Because also, I think we need to acknowledge that it is hard for us to separate this from loving it and being a perennial favorite as a child. I had a, I had a tough time with it.
0: It was. It's actually a little weird. I don't think I really watched this movie much until I was a little older, like about maybe... 10, 12 years old. No, oh, I was way older. I was
2: like out of high school when I started watching it pretty regularly. I yeah. was a huge fan of
0: it when I was. A kid. I missed. I actually was turned off by all the uh, like marketing it, on everything. I but, felt
2: it felt dumb. Like I felt like I was watching a stupid movie when I was little.
0: I remember I did. Uh, it was probably ninety two, so I was probably nine years old when I started. When I finally got around to it, because it was that's when Lost in New York came out, and I remember I watched that I, when it came out.
1: I mean, we definitely didn't see it in the theaters. I think we saw it a couple of years after VHS or something. So we were probably like... I was probably like 9, 10. Yeah. But I don't know how much it influences me seeing it as a kid and it being so closely associated with Christmas for me.
2: Yeah.
1: They kind of represent each other. If I think of it, I think of Christmas and I love Christmas. So I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Wait, wait. I don't know what
3: bias I can... Extricate. I don't know if I would watch this any other time of year. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yes. Vote number two. And there are certainly lots of shots that linger on things Mm that are supposed to be like the (laughs) kind of
0: laughs Mm -hmm. that I don't know if I still appreciate or ever did. I don't know. Merry Christmas, old man Marley. Yes. Polka, polka, kiss me, polka. polka. I want to hear "kiss polka, me, polka." polka. N, 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 n. So that's
2: gonna,
0: that's gonna What's do, gonna it, do it? Is it. We'll see. Is it four for four. We'll see if this is, if this is more stripes or if it's more matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is it saying you said knee? N-I. I, I so opened cool. it and read it as that. Oh, in.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't. Wanna... <laughs> well, I thought you said it was a no. Yeah, I thought
3: you said n, because you have southern dialect, so you said n. <laughs> and
0: finally, yes, because I can't articulate why not. <laughs> Yes. All right. So Home Alone enters the Talk of Fame. We're. I feel like Christmas has a stronger representation now in the Talk <laughs> of Fame. Two of the five, two <laughs> out of forty percent of our like greatest movies.
1: snowy movies. We have Fargo in two. <laughs> I
3: think that if this that's movie were set six. at any other time, then we wouldn't be talking about it today.
1: I think that's probably that, true.
3: That the setting probably pushes it up mm-hmm. because you either watch it every year at Christmas, it makes you think of Christmas, or just because the Christmas adjacency really helps. Yeah,
0: and and that's one of the few times a year where you are pushed to watch something that has to do with the time of year, I feel like. True. That's, yeah. The only time of year that I think like, oh, Halloween. I want... To. Halloween. Yeah. Scary I, oh, true. But yeah. that's
3: that's self-imposed. Like, you, you can certainly do Halloween without scary movies. That, that doesn't elicit the same general good feelings people want that, like, Christmas movies do. They make you think about, like, family and love and sharing and true, the community and, for some people, religion. Like, horror movies in October make you think of, like, Scare and die, but you don't
0: actually feel those things on Halloween, right?
1: No, I think that's the reason that's the emotion behind the holiday, right? Christmas is about togetherness and feeling good, so the movies reflect that, yeah. Uh, Halloween is about the thrill of being scared, and And that's why you seek those movies. And not everyone
3: enjoys that, yeah. That's sure, not everyone enjoys like love,
2: (laughs) but not everyone enjoys love, but
1: I mean, Christmas movies tend towards uh. Cheese mm-hmm. and schmaltz. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's why my
3: vote was yes because I can't articulate why not. Because while I say all this, that doesn't make it less enjoyable. True, but yeah. it is certainly like, like if someone if you pick the low hanging fruit, there's like, it can still be like great at doing
2: that. I think, right. It's all a. Uh, it's all you know. It's all what ifs right. at this point. Like. Yeah. This movie probably wouldn't be as good if it wasn't a Christmas movie. It's like maybe, but it is right. So I we're working within those confines. I
0: certainly agree yeah. with David that it's tough to it's tough to separate your like childhood love of something uh, from from the way you view it now. But at the same time, if that. There is also a reason that, that children love this movie. Mm-hmm. And children continue to love this movie to this day. And, and while it gets harder, the better the
2: movie is, there are also movies that I loved as a kid that I don't think are good. I've watched recently, and they definitely wouldn't be in the talk of fame. Yeah. Whenever I mean, I've re-watched Goonies in the past year, and I was like, oh,
3: it's okay. Yeah. You know? But. but and, and also, one of the things that's, that's strong with going for this is, and one of the reasons why kids can still watch it is because parents can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's the Pixar formula for success for longevity for True. like movies is if if the parents don't hate sitting in front of it to watch it like you know once a week then it's going to keep getting shown uh, you know we talk about degree of difficulty a lot and while the degree of difficulty was high with Macaulay Culkin we all agreed that he was some rarity child actor who was like fantastic and professional sure but other than that he's his degree a, of difficulty it's like a unicorn. The degree of difficulty... <laughs> so rare it's, to like, hit on that. This is a marketing dream come true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it and, turns
1: the film... From a film into an institution. Right. It's a perennially successful institution. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, you know... The, the box office numbers are going to keep climbing for and, a movie and also, like this. I, I mean, in, right now, this week, in my talk of fame mind, it got to the point where it's like, some movies just have to be that iconic. Yeah. That they get in.
1: Yeah.
2: And... Mm. Even if everything else about it was mediocre. it is still one of the most iconic movies of all time. Sure. Um, That's something. Yeah.
3: Yeah. One of the movies that I voted yes on, this is probably not in my top 300 favorite movies. No. Probably not in my top 400 or 500. This is a movie that I think about once a year, and I feel almost obligated to watch. I watch it, I'm entertained, and I immediately forget about it.
1: I wonder if we talked about it, like you're saying, in March... If it would get in as much. Because we're all wrapped up in this right now because we're less than ten days away from Christmas. I don't know. And, it, and, and it's cold outside and, you know, we had snow and it's even more relatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of my late game shit-talking, I still think it deserves to be in. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I'm just, I think it's definitely, it's more than the sum of its parts. It's a yeah. Hall of Fame movie that I don't know has Hall of Fame elements. But it comes together and I fucking love it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking deal. <laughs> in,
0: in, in the last the last mini we did where David talked a, a lot about Fargo he said that Fargo has an element that he looks for in talk fame movies which is it's, you notice something new every time. Mm-hmm. Home Alone I never notice anything new anymore. It's just the same movie every time. It doesn't bring anything new to the table with repeat viewings for me but I still manage to re, to view it every year. Right. <laughs> so that it clearly has some Quality, It's to- because of that. It's tomato soup and grilled cheese, but it's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there you have it. That's why uh, Home Alone is one of the greatest movies of all time. So, uh, for next week's topic, we turn to Chris.
3: We're going to be watching a movie that is fairly new, uh, starring Sam Elliott uh he's uh it's starring and probably also featuring his life story. Yeah. It is about a uh a former actor uh, who was famous in a lot of westerns who now uh does a lot of voice acting work and kind of his um his life after fame. Uh the movie is called The Hero. It is available on uh Hulu and next week uh we're going to be talking about character actors. Kind of uh, a talk about the that guy thing Santa Claus from Home Alone. Um, you know, for my age, watching movies, a lot of character actors have turned into uh, big names. But, you know, J.K. Simmons, uh, you know, Richard Jenkins, Buscemi, all those names, Buscemi. I mean,
1: Tom Hardy used to be a character actor. Tom Hardy. <laughs> that guy in some movies before.
3: But then there's also the late, great Pete Postlethwaite. Um, you know, he is... He is only ever really been a character actor, but you know, you
0: know his face. He's that guy. I think it would be interesting to look at not just what makes them great character actors, but also like what do we think prevented them from taking the next step to stardom? Yeah, it's yeah. also a hindrance, kind of. And also, yeah. like maybe find the few, find the movies where they were the star and yeah. see what happened with that. Like uh, Last King of Scotland, with uh, I, I consider Forrest Whitaker a character actor. Yeah.
3: But, um, but yeah, so Sam Elliott, uh, probably more people know him as the cowboy in Big Lebowski than know his name. Yeah. So. As Virgil Earp. Or Anheuser Busch. Yeah. Can do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great so, voice. So yeah, we'll be talking the hero. Cool. Hulu. Hulu.
1: Awesome. Fun. So that does it for an uh, episode of uh, Talk Talk. And the toys. The podcast for themediabyus.com. Please visit the site and see our stuff. There's a lot to love there. And you can get your loved ones a gift certificate to the website. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You and can't Brent that. has taco socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, connect with us on Twitter. Uh, we got a Gmail. We got uh, some Facebook groups, movies by us, TV by us, and games by us. And we also got a Facebook page that has all our goings on. Um, please subscribe to the podcast so you can check out all these and uh, review the podcast. We we'll like to see how we're doing if we're on. San- Santa's good list or naughty <laughs> list <laughs> Santa's good list <laughs> Santa Claus Capunchin um, <laughs> and uh, yeah that's pretty much it right I want to say thanks to Willow Walkers thank for you. providing the intro music Willow Walkers I want to say thanks to Boo Reefa for providing the outro music and thanks to you guys for being here thank you you're welcome and they're a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Inward
2: singing.
0: <laughs> Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small towns, slow folks. long time ago.
1: Kicking out records of all the
0: things that I know. All the things that I